to another episode of The Adrian Ross Show. I am Adrian Ross, of course. Now, let's take a moment for some important messages and then we'll dive into today's show, which is going to be a good one. I'm sure you've noticed the leaves are changing. So should your search engine. Switch to Luxel.com, a search engine that gives voice to independent, conservative, and progressive publications you won't find anywhere else. That's Luxel, L-U-X-X-L-E.com. And once again, We the People of Cape County meets every Tuesday at 5 o'clock p.m., at Delmonico's local folks in Jackson, Missouri, of course. And Tuesday, November 14th, Legislation and the Constitution with Tom Martz. Tom Martz, speaking about constitutional legislation review and the failings of the legislative body to vote its oath. Five o'clock at Delmonico's. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about We the People at the end of today's show. But now let's dive in to this important topic. Here we go. Okay. Now I said that this is an important show and it is, this is an important episode. I did not say that I was looking forward to it because let me be honest, I'm really not looking forward to the conversation we're about to have. I recognize, however, that it's an important conversation, which you will soon see. And so I'm willing to have this conversation that I really don't want to have. Um, And I'm just being honest. You, I'm sure, have been uh, up on the elections that just took place. And you know, therefore, that Republicans lost some key elections, Kentucky, Virginia, and Ohio. And at the center of these elections, apparently, is that issue of abortion. Now, I don't shy away from the subject of abortion. If you follow the Adrian Ross show at all, or or if you follow my writing, you know that I will take on the issue of abortion, and I have done it many times. So, you um uh, you should be clear on where i stand but i have to i have to talk today about the topic again not just in light of the election um the elections but also in light of the republican uh primary uh debate presidential debate which took place on wednesday the day after those elections and so of course since the debate was a day after the elections where, as I said, Republicans suffer some losses because of abortion in part. You know what? That obviously was a factor in the debate. Uh, The moderators asked questions. Okay. So here's my thing. We have Mm, I'm going to use the term pro-life, but notice that I'm doing the air quotes. We have pro-life, and I'm also doing the air quotes, leaders who don't strike me as pro-life. I I mean, to the point where 
if you pay attention to podcasts such as the Megyn Kelly show, now she's not running for office. She's not a politician, but you know, I, I, I would, I guess there are people who consider her a leader. She definitely is a leading voice. And you know what? I like Megyn Kelly for the most part. I, um, am tuned in to her podcast, uh, almost daily. And so, um, I got no beef necessarily with, with Megyn Kelly, but I do have beef with how she tackled the issue of abortion after the election. I mean, I, I was blown away by how forceful she was and speaking as if she was pro-life, but sounding like if this is pro-life, my goodness, what would it be to be to not be pro-life. And I, so, you know, you hear me kind of stuttering a little bit because this is, like I said, this is such a topic that I really didn't want to get into. I know it's an emotional topic. It's an important topic. And as a pro-life person myself, I, I'm trying to wrap my brain around people such as Megyn Kelly and such as these people running for president who claim to be pro-life. And yet when they open their mouths and begin to speak about the issue of life, I have to wonder, let's start with Megyn Kelly and she had a couple guests on the show and she's dealing with this issue of abortion after Republicans did in fact lose some key elections and obviously the issue of abortion played a factor. Uh, Ohio, for example, I mean, Ohio is all in now for <clears throat> abortion without any restrictions whatsoever. So throughout a pregnancy, these people voted that you could terminate pregnancy. Let's just call it what it is. You could kill the baby without any restrictions whatsoever. And so this is what Megyn Kelly has to say or had to say after uh, the elections on Tuesday. If you're listening Take a listen. If you're watching, here we go. The Republican Party, I understand it's a pro-life party. They are too extreme for the voters. That's irrespective of how any of us may feel on the life choice issue. They are too extreme for the voters, even in states like Kentucky. And they're going to keep losing unless they come to that realization. This is going to be a gradual fight that they're going to have to win bit by bit. They cannot win by saying no abortions and no exceptions. It's a fucking loser. Sorry. What I will say, though, is, you know, there, it's a tough issue. I, I, you have, I have some sympathy for the Republican Party politically here is because, look, it's something that they believe. It's something that I believe. And frankly, like if it means losing some elections to protect the lives of children, oh, I'm pretty willing to go down that I road. Can't. I know, Megan. No, I, know I disagree. I know. I think you know how many people you know if the Republican Party cares about lives. How about all the lives are being lost on the border right now because they can't get Republicans in office to set things straight. Every issue comes at the expense of another issue. The the it, for 30 years, 50, 50 years, the Republicans have been saying that abortion is a state's issue. It's a state's issue. It's a state's issue. Well, now it's becoming a state's issue. Now it should be a laboratory of the states and states are gonna to have to make up their own minds. And Republicans are gonna to have to take the pulse of their own electorate state by state and figure out where they are and be realistic. And where they're out message and outspent in places like Virginia where their message is getting completely befuddled and messed up, they're gonna to have to fight harder. 
But the thing is, Dave, I, I care about abortion. I care about all these issues. But abortion is becoming the single issue that is forcing Republicans to lose state after state, election after election. And how the hell are these Republicans who are so pro-life ever going to get any of their agenda elected from the cheap seats outside of the state houses? I almost don't even know where, where to start because that irks me so bad. And I'm being mild that her attitude ticks me off. And like I said, I listen to Megyn Kelly almost on a regular basis, meaning almost every day. So I don't, you know, she's intelligent. She's engaging. I don't have a personal issue with Megyn Kelly, okay? But I do have an issue with the attitude that I just saw displayed there. I meant to warn you about the F-bomb, but I forgot. So forgive me, the F-bomb that she dropped there. It's a an effing losing uh situation. No, it's a losing battle. It's a loser. It's an effing loser, as she said. And when the when the gentleman said that, you know what? I'm pro-life and I I'm willing to lose some elections to save babies. Did you? This was her response. I mean, that's that was her react, that's her reaction. It's a losing battle because, again, as I've talked about on this show, people see babies' lives as a political issue, and they're willing to sacrifice life to win in politics. And so this was the reaction when he said, I'm willing to lose elections so that I can save life, and she can't figure out why he doesn't see it the way she sees it. And then she even went on to say, listen, Republicans are so pro-life. What about what's going on in the border, at the border, because they can't get other Republicans elected. Everything comes at the cost of something else, she said. That really, that's a scary thought. So in other words, in order to get your, your agenda items set in place, Something has to pay the price. And for her, what she's saying is that ought to be the lives of babies. Then she says, well, you know, you know, I, I want to, I care about abortion too. I, oh, do you? I am, I, I'm not willing. I'm not willing to sacrifice life for the sake of anything. Okay. Now she makes a point. She does say, uh, she does uh, go on to say that Republicans have been saying for 50 years, it's a state's issue, it state's issue, state's issue, state's issue. So why are they so extreme about this? Now, okay, we do know that recently uh, Roe v. Wade, Roe was overturned, right? Uh, the, Dodd, um, the Dobbs case. So Roe is overturned and people are saying, okay, this is what we wanted. And this is her point we that people were saying it should be a state's decision. Now, here's the thing. I too applauded, was very thankful about Roe being, being overturned, that it went back to the states. But I, listen, I'm on record. To me, that was always a step in the right direction or so I thought, but now it seems to be, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I wish that, uh, you know, that that didn't turn out the way it did. Of course, I'm, I'm grateful for that. That was the right decision for the Supreme court for the case that was before them. 
absolutely. But I've I've never felt like that we should stop there. I've never felt like that abortion should be something really that continues to be people making a decision, voters making a decision on the issue of life. You can say what you want about it, but I believe that life is sacred and therefore it needs to be protected. And that is also the life of the unborn. So that to me was a step in the right direction. But the goal is not to fight for that. The goal is to fight for the protection of children, to be all in for children. But what I'm hearing right now is not that. What I'm hearing now from people is sort of like you should be satisfied with what you have and just let it go so that you can win elections. And if you don't sacrifice children, you won't win elections. That's what she's saying. And it's not like she's, I mean, she is adamant. She's throwing the F-bomb. She's doing all this. And the gentleman there, if you watch the whole the whole uh, episode, her show, which I will be sure to put the, the link in the show notes, but they seem so timid. They're both uh, pro-life. And yet when she comes out and she drops F-bombs and does all this and talks about how Republicans are losing the battle, they're just, they're so intimidated. At least it comes off. They're very meek and very mild. I don't know if they're intimidated or not, but I'm saying we need people who are willing to stand up and say, no, we are not going to compromise on the issue of life. Now in that conversation, they also went on to talk about messaging. The issue is not the message. The message of the pro-life message is the right message. It's simple as that. It is the right message, but the Republican party has never mastered messaging at all. And in this conversation with these men, they talked about those other states and how they had ad after ad after ad about their cause, which is not the cause of life. They have messaged it. They have packaged it. They have lied on conservatives. They have lied uh, um, about Republicans. And Republicans are just standing there with their eyes wide open and they don't fight back. I am not here to prop up Republicans. I am not here uh, to defend Republicans at all. The messaging of the Republican Party stinks. And so when you don't message properly, what do you expect? What do you expect? What you get are people like Megyn Kelly, who says this is a losing battle. You have to compromise on that issue. And I say, no, we cannot compromise on the issue of life. You just can't. And not you, and you wonder why you're not taken seriously because people observe the Democrats don't back down. The Democrats don't, don't give an inch. They, I mean, they will go so far as to say, listen, a woman should be able to kill her child at, at any point. And they don't back down. Republicans have these kinds of conversations. And I understand, don't, I know there are people who are going to say, uh, well, you know, Adrian, you don't understand how this works politically. I, I do, I do get it. 
but there are some things you have to stand and fight for. So you should not be jumping into backing down. What you should be doing is making sure you get the message out there so that people know the truth about what really takes place at, in, during an abortion and people understand the truth about what how that affects a woman and people understand the truth that there are other alternatives. There, there are alternatives. But no, we don't want to do that. We just want to cave because that's what the right does. And then you're mad when there are some people who will not budge on that issue. They're going to be all in for children. I'd rather take my chance. I'd rather take my chance to stand on principle, to stand on what's right, to believe God. I, I don't I don't want to be helping God out by saying, it, it, this is so extreme, nobody will ever go for it. I'd rather do that which is right. And I know there are people who are going to say that, that, that I'm off my rocker, I, but I, I hope there are some people who hear what I'm, what I'm saying. And she uses the term extreme. You know what extreme is? Extreme is dismembering babies. Extreme is saying we can snuff out the life at any point. Extreme is saying we're going to kill babies, period. That's extreme. And we we bought the lie that we're extreme, that if you are absolutely 100% pro-life, then you're extreme. How in the world did we get here? All right, so th there's Megan Kelly. Like I said, she's not running for office, but she does have a platform and a voice, and she does represent how some people feel about it. And you have, we have to push back with the right message and stop bowing and bending and, and, and tucking our tails between our legs and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I am, I am riled up about it. I mean, she dropped the F-bomb about it. She basically said, you know what? Children have to be sacrificed, you know, at this stage. Wow. But let's talk, let's look at the debate and let's look at at the candidates, because of course that question, NBC posed that question to those who are running for office. And I wanna show you, I wanna start with Nikki Haley because I called out Nikki Haley in an article I wrote after I believe it was the first debate on the issue of abortion. Didn't like the way she talked about it. And here she goes again, okay? And so we're gonna hear what she says about abortion and then we're gonna talk about it. So check it out. This is a personal issue for every woman and every man. Let's find consensus. Let's agree on what, how we can ban late-term abortions. Let's make sure we encourage adoptions and good quality adoptions. Let's make sure we make contraception accessible. Let's make sure that none of these state laws put a woman in jail or give her the death penalty for getting an abortion. Let's focus on how to save as many babies as we can and support as many moms as we can and stop Thank the you, judgment. Ambassador. We don't need to divide America over this issue anymore. Thank you, Ambassador. Senator. I want to deal with what she said because she said something similar in, I believe, the first debate. And that is, let's stop the the judgment. The, the terminology, it just came back to me, that she used in the, in the first debate, I believe it was, was let's stop demonizing abortion. And I'm thinking... What do you mean? Let's stop demonizing abortion. It's demonic. What, what are we supposed to do? Applaud it? What are we supposed? It's either right or it's wrong and it's wrong. So here she is, who's 
you know, she went on in the debate, and I obviously don't have time to show you the whole thing, but she went on to talk about how she's, you know, she's pro-life, but that it should be a state's issue. It is a state's issue. Let the people decide. And, you know, she's pro, she, she doesn't want to be judged for being pro-life, uh, and she doesn't want to judge other people who are pro-choice. What does that mean? What do you mean judge? I'm, I'm not sure where she's coming from. How, how do you determine what is judgment that means you can't say that right is right and wrong is wrong is wrong either abortion is is wrong or it's not and if it's not wrong then let's just move on if there's no if there you know it was sort of like when people used to say and i don't say this anymore but they what do they used to say a uh, safe uh, rare and legal, they used to say, and now it's just, no, now it's celebrate your abortion, shout your abortion, all that. But they used to say, you know, safe, rare, and legal. And, and then you had, it, it begged the question, well, if there's nothing wrong with it, if that's just a clump of cells, or if it's not really a life, unless the mother says she wants the life, I mean, if it's okay, then why should it be rare? Why does something have to be rare if it's okay? It's because we know it's not okay. So what does she call, how does she call that judging? So, you know, I, I would say I'm disappointed in Nikki Haley, but I don't really, you know, care one way or the other about, about you know, I don't really have a whole lot of confidence in her one, one way or the other, confidence, non-con, anything. She's just Nikki Haley, right? So I'm not really disappointed in her, but I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame and I and that that's where she is now again she she doesn't believe if you watch the whole thing she just saying that realistically and you hear that all the time realistically you're not going to get you know you're not going to get the what you need you're not going to get the votes to be able to to get rid of of abortion I'm saying why don't you give it a try why don't you message it properly why don't you go all in and it's not about it's not about judging. It's just right is right and wrong is wrong. And so, and babies should not pay the price for your political ambitions. Somebody needs to stand up. So, uh, there, there's you know there's Nikki Haley's perspective running for president. And the thing that is so just blows my mind is that when you hear the commentary. Uh, when you when you hear the commentary uh, surrounding her answers, uh, her comments on the abortion issue at the debate, a lot of people, including Megyn Kelly, are talking about how she just knocked it out of the park. How it was it was a a perfect answer uh, to uh, to that question. Megyn Kelly did a did a you know episode talking about why you know her answers. Um, were the right answers. And I'm saying, no, they weren't the right answer. I know it sounds good. Sounds like she cares about moms. Sounds like she, you know, wants to save as many babies as possible. Sounds like, you know, sounds like she's just, you know, pro-life, but just trying to do the best thing for all of her. Listen, it sounds weak to me. It sounds absolutely weak to me. And, and, and then, and then she's switching it to, if you don't, give in, if you don't cave, then you're being judgmental. I don't have a lot of patience. And again, I know there are people who are going to listen to me and say, Adrian, she's only trying to make sure that they get something done and then go from there. I get that. I already said, 
I get that with Dobbs. I get that, you know, that was a step in the right direction. But if anybody thinks that truly pro-life people really believe that it should that 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 we should not do um be going all in for all children, that it should be it sh it's just right. Uh I, I don't then, then I don't know what you're thinking because there's no way that truly pro-life people are are feeling that way like oh well you know we'll get there I know it's a complicated issue as the as the man told Megan Kelly I know it but the right thing to do is to protect life and when you don't protect life it's such you're just headed down the uh, a road that that you don't want to you don't want to get there people are saying right now, People are talking right now about the issue uh, between Israel and Hamas. And people are, are saying, I, I didn't watch those images, but I know that some did images of, of what what was done to, to babies. And um, I heard about, uh, you know, like a pregnant woman and baby just cut out of her and all, and all this. And, and people are like, well, how is it that these protests are going on and how all this anti-Semitism and all these protests, anti-Israel protests, and all this, this these calls for for Israel not to uh, defend itself, all this stuff, and I'm I'm thinking, people are going, how how is it possible that people are not don't care about what took place with those people and those babies? You hear that all the time. It starts right here, because if you don't care about life in the womb, you don't care about life. And once you give in one way, it just opens other doors. And it's such, it's, it's, it's like, can you see this? So, so there you have that, Nikki Haley. Somebody take a stand is what I have to say for life. And that's what you're all in for. That's what you're fighting for. And that's what you pull, put your resources behind. Where where does uh, the Republican Party stand in, in its messaging? And let me make this clear. I'm talking about political party, but really abortion is not a, it's, it's, it's po political, but it's more than a political issue. It's really not in, in its truest form a political issue. This is a spiritual issue. And so the people who go, oh, I don't want to deal with that because I don't deal with politics. This is so many things we have come to call politics, particularly people of faith you know, who say, I don't believe I'm supposed to be involved in politics. You're supposed to be involved in righteousness. We've allowed a co-opting of the term, you know, of these issues and put it under the umbrella of politics so you don't have to do anything. The church they said, well, you've got this situation in Virginia and Ohio and Kentucky and, and the, the abortion issue played a factor and, and um, the Republicans didn't really get the message out like they're supposed to, as opposed to the Democrats who were everywhere you look, there were ads, some were lies. There were people who, I mean, who have got pregnant or had, had, you know, all this stuff and they had their voice out there. They were strategic and it resonated with people because that was the message that people heard, all that. So when when that is taking place, what about the other side? What about the right side? When I say right, I don't mean political. I'm talking about the correct side, the right side, the God side. Where are we in the fight? Where are we in getting the message out? And, and, and those of us of faith in the church, are we just looking to the politicians to get the message out? 
We have a role to play. We have a role to play. But instead, after elections where we got trounced because of, and that issue was at the center of, 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 of a lot of that, you know, we, we kind of like, oh, heads down and that abortion issue would always be a loser. How about we go all in? But what we talk about is not going all in, not putting our, pulling our resources, not giving the messaging, not making the, getting the word out there. No, what we talk about is how can we water it down so that it appeals to enough people so that we save some lives? And then we start deciding at what point we are going to start saving lives. That's where we are now. And I talked about that recently with um, with former President Trump and, and the answer answers that he gave concerning uh, concerning abortion and talking about the time and uh, 15 weeks and, and this, that, and the other thing. And we wonder why people on the other side don't take us seriously, why they continue to push. They can push, they can continue to push their agenda and push against yours and never back down because they know you will. Because when you don't stand for something truly, people can smell it and they capitalize off of it. They can smell your weakness. They can smell your lack of um, perseverance your lack of a backbone, your lack of principle. Because if you're willing to compromise on life, you really don't have much of a backbone. And again, I know that there are people going to say, no, we're just doing this because we're trying to take the next step. This is what we said concerning Dobbs. And now what you're hearing, even from Republicans, are things like, we said that this is what we wanted, so be happy with it. That's what you're hearing because we're never going to have the vote. So you got what you wanted. So be happy with it. No, we're going to keep pushing. That was a start. We're going to keep pushing and we're going to push by going all the way, not by compromising, not by saying you're judging other people if you take a stand. Speaking of that, let's look at um, I, I want another one of the uh, the candidates. I'll go to Chris Christie. I don't really know why I'm spending my time on Chris Christie. He's only up there uh, because he wants to constantly throw darts and stuff at um, Trump. But, um, you know, let's let's listen to what he has to say, because this is something else that I definitely have dealt with before, but I want to deal with it again. So let's check out former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. The bigger issue is, and Tim began to touch on this. We're not pro-life for the whole life. To be pro-life for the whole life means that the life of a 16-year-old drug addict on the floor of the county lockup is precious and we should get treatment for her to restore her life. The 52-year-old who's drug addicted should make sure that any of his children who he's passed that addiction on to are treated well too. Pro-life's not just in the womb, Kirsten. It's for the whole life. All right, Governor, thank you. Candidates, thank Now, he does something that really irks me also. Can you tell this is like what irks Adrian episode, but this really isn't about Adrian. This is about an issue that really matters. And that's why I, 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 I get irked when people mishandle it. Chris Christie just did for the Democrats what the Democrats like to do to Republicans, conservatives, whatever, whatever you want to call them. You know, he just took up their argument. They often say, Democrats often say, 
oh, those Republicans, they only care about life that's in the womb. They don't care. They only care about the unborn. Once they're born, they don't care about them. Even when Roe was overturned, you would hear Democrats say things like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to see how you want to how you want to take care of kids now because y'all don't want to care. Y'all don't want to do anything for kids once they're born. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. And I've dealt with that before more than once even. Okay. I've even had guests on to talk about that. And why did I have guests on to talk about it? I had guests on who are all in as most pro-life, most, when you hear about, um, when you hear about the issue of life, it's, it's the pro-life people who are adopting, who are donating, who are serving in areas for pregnant uh, people who are pregnant and are overwhelmed and maybe they didn't expect to be pregnant or maybe they don't have resources. Maybe they're considering abortion. Who, who are the people who are all in? Pro-life people. And so they're not just there at, uh, while the baby's in the womb and just want you to give birth to the baby and then they're kicking you to the curb. That's a lie, Chris Christie. Pro-life people are setting up agencies as my guest did. Kelsey Bollinger, Bollinger had her on, on the show more than once. Zoe's house, they are all in and they have 10 children, she and her husband, Randy, many of whom are adopted. They're not just pro-life. They, uh, you know, while the baby's in the womb, they're doing things now. And there are, they're adopting people. Um, others I know are adopting children as well. Uh, not just Kelsey and Randy. They, they're just a great example. But I know people, they're in the fight or they're they're serving in these agencies or they're donating or they're doing that. They're, they're walking along. They're not saying, oh, you got pregnant and then you're on your own. They're walking alongside people who find themselves in these circumstances. And so for Chris Christie to throw out that ridiculous talking point from the left is absolutely an insult and it doesn't help the cause. It's part of the problem. Oh, you can't just be pro-life in the, no, and we're not. And that's a lie. And we need to stop apologizing for something that just is not accurate. Now, should, could we all do more? Well, some I'm sure could. There are many who are just maxed out, right? But sure, there are some who could do more. And there are some who are called to different areas. But don't tell me that pro-life people don't care about people after they're born. That is a lie. And I reject it with everything in me. But it's Chris Christie. So, so that's another issue there in this whole conversation. Hey, I'm stepping in to say that I woke this morning to the news that Senator Tim Scott has suspended his campaign for president. He has dropped out, but I'm not going to edit out the comments that I had already made uh, concerning his stance on abortion, because I think it's very, very important to the conversation. And uh, and I and I want to leave it in. Obviously, he's still a senator. He's still in leadership position and and overall, it's just important to uh, the whole way that people are looking at the abortion thing. And, and he's an example of uh, something that I want to highlight. So we're going to keep this in, even though he's no longer in the race. So here we go. Now, I got to go to someone, good guy, 
uh, you know, not too many people have anything negative to say about him. This is Senator Tim Scott, also running for president. Not too many people have anything negative to say. He's a, he's a good guy. He doesn't stand a chance as far as being president. But, you know, I mean, he gets lost in the debate. He doesn't really, you know, he, he just, nice guy, you know, but he, he doesn't really make a, a, a hard mark or anything like that. And he identified himself, he has identified himself as 100% pro-life. And, and as I recall, that's, that's, that's his wording, 100% pro-life. Now, here is how he handled the question about abortion during the third presidential debate. Check it out. I would certainly, as president of the United States, have a 15-week national limit. I would not allow states like California, Illinois, or New York to have abortion up until the day of birth. I certainly would not, not allow for governors, uh, former governor, uh, Democratic governor of Virginia, who talked about infanticide. We need a 15-week federal limit Three out of four Americans agree with a 15-week limit. 47 out of 50 countries in Europe agree with a 15-week limit. I would challenge both Nikki and Ron to join me at a 15-week limit. Okay, so here Senator Scott kind of sets himself apart uh, from others because he's talking about a federal ban. And that's, of course, uh, a huge part of the conversation because, as you hear Megyn Kelly say, as you, um, as, as I've heard Chris Christie say uh, during the debate, as Nikki Haley has said, et cetera, that Republicans for years have been saying it should be a matter of the states. And, and so, obviously, that's what uh, the overturning of, of Roe uh, did. But Senator Scott is saying, no, there, there needs to be a federal, a federal ban. Um, you know, he's not for allowing your Californians, your Illinois, your New York to be able to make um, that decision. It should be a federal ban. And so uh, some people say, well, hey, he's, he's ahead of some of these other ones here. And, and, you know, here's the issue. Why 15 weeks? Well, he said, you know, they say what three out of four um, Americans agree with that. Well, so you're going to push, um, you're going to promote, you're going to go after 15 weeks. And I know that some people are going to say, well, Adrian, you're extreme if you have an issue with that. Well, then again, I'm going to tell you that what is extreme is killing babies. Tell me, please, honestly, tell me how 15 weeks. How are you less a life at 14 weeks and six days, for example, than you are at 15 weeks? Oh, did I did I say that right? What I, what I'm trying to say is, aren't you aren't you if you're a life at 15 weeks, then you were a life at 14 weeks and six days, 14 weeks and five days. So at what point did life 
began. I mean, we 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 talk about with pro life. He calls himself one hundred. How you one hundred percent pro life, and you're pushing for a fifteen week ban. You can't. That's not one hundred percent pro life. I mean, it really isn't. Right. I mean, and 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 this is where this is where we run into problems when you start to talk about exceptions and you start talking about times and all that. You say that life begins at conception, but you're willing to you're willing to push for a 15 week ban. How, how, how does that work? And this is the problem, because how do how are we taken seriously when even you can't figure out what you believe in? You can't figure, you don't even know what you believe in. You tell me you're 100% pro-life. You tell me life begins at conception. And yet what you're pushing for, what you're advocating for, what you want others to join in, as you said, that is 15 weeks. Federal ban, well, that's wonderful. 15 weeks. At 14 weeks, it's okay. Not that he's saying it's okay, but he's willing to go along with that. Again, I say you have to go. If that's if you've got a plan B, the enemy will always offer you a plan B. If if you can be for sale, you will be sold. Somebody will offer you a price that you're willing to pay. So, so then what 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 do you, what do you do, Adrian? What do you what are you saying? I saw something so interesting, and I've been talking about it really but I, but I want to I want to share it I could share I could share more from from these so you know these so-called pro-life people um JD Vance of Ohio of Ohio of course and like I said Ohio decided they're going to vote for no restrictions on abortion at all and and he commented um that we we have to have exception actually before I, I go to where I was going let me I will do that I'm going to pull up um something that he tweeted and uh, I'll read a little bit of it. And uh, so he says that we have to recognize how much voters mistrust us, meaning elected Republicans on this issue of abortion. He says, having an unplanned pregnancy is scary. Best case, you're looking at social scorn and thousands of dollars of unexpected medical bills. We need people to see us as the pro-life party, not just the anti-abortion party. And again, he's just fallen into the same thing Chris Christie fell into, and that is accepting the label that the Democrats and the pro-abortion people put on you. Of course, we're the pro-life party. It's not just about being anti-abortion. And to, ins to insinuate otherwise is an insult. We care about life. It's not just hating abortion. It's about caring about life as well. Stop with the talking points from the other side. You're not helping. Okay. Then he goes on to say, as Donald Trump has said, you've got to have the exceptions. Then he says, I am as pro-life as anyone. Oh, really? I don't think you are. You can't be as pro-life as anyone in the same way that Tim Scott can't be 100% pro-life if you're pushing for <laughs> something other than 100% pro-life. I am as pro-life as anyone, and I want to save as many babies as possible. This is not about moral legitimacy, but political reality. Mm. So he, you know, he goes on. I won't, I won't read it, but you get the, you get the point. 
in other words, it, it reminds me of that, you know, the movie Rocky, where Adrian, yo, Adrian, where she says to Rocky, you can't win. And then, of course, Rocky responds, you know, it's like, oh, you know, he turns and he just says, maybe not or something like that. But in order for him to beat me, he's got to look me in the face. And in order if he's for him to look me in the face, he's got to be willing to die himself or something like that. I think that was the episode with the Russian. And uh, and so I hadn't thought about it till just now. But yeah, we got to have that same mentality. You know what? Maybe we will lose a few battles. But you know what? Those on the other side who want to kill babies, they got to be able to look us in the face. And then therefore they've got to be willing to, to lose as well. But we don't have that mentality. We have the mentality that we can't win. And we're willing to see ground to the enemy and kill our babies. Hmm. But let me get to my point. I found something really interesting and that is Matt Walsh. You might know of his, of his podcast. I don't, I used to listen to him a lot more. Don't listen to him as much anymore, but on this, uh, he really hits the nail on the head. And this is really what I've been, what I've been alluding to as well. I've been talking about. And so um, I'm going to put up uh, a couple things he tweeted that I think really we need to, to get a hold of. So let's take a look. I'll put the tweet on the screen. Matt Walsh tweeted this. Before you tell me that the pro-life message is a political loser, answer me this. How many Republican candidates fought back hard and effectively on this issue? Actively went after the left, ran ads attacking their opponent for supporting the dismemberment of fully developed infants, which nearly every Democrat does, and actually countered the left's pro-abortion narrative with a strong and affirmative pro-life narrative. It seems to me that the pro-life message is being blamed in races where the pro-life message was never even articulated. That's powerful. In other words, what have you done before you run your mouth and say, we can't win? How about you get the message out there, run ads, totally go all in. And then here is another tweet from him. Again, has anyone ran an ad saying, here's what happens in a third trimester abortion? My opponent supports this. This is the most basic strategy, and I'm not aware of anyone who has even attempted it. The strategy is simple. Go on offense and tell the truth. So before you can say something doesn't work, you've got to try to work it. And now whether he's talking about the third trimester or whether he's talking about at all, the point is, have you gone on offense? Have you run any ads? Have you tried to help people understand 
about life. Why do you think like, like when it comes to Planned Parenthood and stuff, they don't want people to be able to see the baby in the, they don't want them to be able to see that. Why? Because it changes minds. That's what I'm hearing over and over again. When a woman is able to see what's going on in the inside of her, or when she's taught, life begins at conception and understands the, the phases and all, you know, that that baby goes through. And life being there, when that happens, she's less likely to go through with it, which is why Planned Parenthood, a huge moneymaker, doesn't want them to, to be able to really choose life. They talk about choice, but they don't, they don't want to choose. They just want to, to have an abortion. And I and I want to make it clear that I'm not saying that women, if you that who have had an abortion are horrible, horrible people. I believe that when we repent, God forgives us. And I believe that that there is hope for those who are suffering from the weight of having had an abortion. Um, there are obviously people out there who who have had an abortion. Nowadays, they're being celebrated, but there are people out there who regret what they did, who feel like they were in a situation where they had to, um, and and that which we we know you don't have to. There is help. There are people who are willing to come alongside. So so I'm not condemning anybody to hell for for having had an abortion. I'm saying that the Lord Jesus forgives when we recognize we repent. There is forgiveness, and we know people. There are very there are prominent voices, um, Doctor. Um, uh, uh, Alveda King is one. She'll talk about abortion she had, and yet she is a staunch fighter for life. You know, so um, that there, there, there's hope there. So I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody to hell. I'm saying that Jesus heals and He saves and and, and all that. Um, and those, if you find yourself, if you're pregnant and you're going, what am I going to do? Don't, don't do the thing you can't undo. Don't terminate that life. There are people who are there who care about you and care about that unborn. So I want to make that clear. But I also need to make clear that I have to be a, a voice. I have to speak. I have to say, because these people who are we're trusting to lead for some reason, they're wishy-washy, man. They're willing to just say, listen, we gotta win, uh, we gotta win elections. They're willing to define their pro-lifeness with some stuff we ain't never heard of. And they're not willing to fight. They're not willing to put down the money. They're not willing to run ads. They're not willing to get messaging out. And I'm talking about politicians. I'm talking about um, I'm talking about churches, I'm talking about individuals. We are so lax when it comes to the issue of life. When it comes to the unborn at every stage, I'm not just talking about down the road in the pregnancy. That's that almost is like you can't even wrap your brain around it. But really, one is the same as the other because either life exists or life does not. And that's my issue with, oh, let's negotiate. Is it a 15 week? Is it a, is it a six week? And is it, you know, it's a slippery slope and the other side can smell that you don't even know what you stand for. And they never, ever back down because they do know what they stand for. So I, I, like I said, I didn't even feel like I didn't, I didn't want to go there. I really didn't want to deal with this today, but I had to. And then I listened to these people at the debate and I listened to these people post debate 
and post-election and all this, I just had to say something. So here I am, and I'm just going to say it again. Life matters. And we should go, like what Matt, what Matt Walsh is saying, is that you have to go all in. Before you can go talking about, it's not going to work. They'll never listen. We can't do it this way. We can't, we'll never win. It's too extreme. The voters won't go. Before you do that, how about you just try to go all in? How are you going to say that they didn't accept the message that you never articulated? And you can't articulate it if you don't truly believe it. If you're not sold on it, if you're not uncompromising on it, you will never be able to articulate it properly. You don't believe you've got a message they want to hear. And that's the sad part. You don't believe it's worth the fight. And that's the sad part. And those of you who do and who are fighting, God bless you. Keep it up. Because I don't think, I, I listen to these people. It's like, well, we won't win. It's like, we got to help God out. I, I can't imagine that Jesus would have been like, you know what, I, I wish I could do X, Y, and Z, but the people aren't really going to go for it. So then I'm going to do, I'm going to dip my toe in the sin a little bit. And so that it becomes more appealing to people. No, you're going to stand for truth and trust the father to make up the difference. You do what you can do and leave the results to God. You do what you know is right. You go all in for what you know is right. And God brings the results. You have to leave the results to God once you've done your part and you leave the results to God. So um, there you got it. Uh, and uh, I pray that um, you heard my heart on this. And um, and I really pray for a day where we have some people who will understand. And so I'm going to I'm going to end it right there. But before I do, I want to thank you, as always, for tuning in. I want to thank you for those who follow my writing uh, on my Substack at adrianross.substack.com. If you're watching on YouTube right now, would you subscribe so that you get notifications there and help me beat the algorithm? Algorithm, Subscribe, comment, like, all that. And would you subscribe to my Substack, adrianross.substack.com. And then while you're there, when you're reading articles or, or watching or listening to the podcast there, please make sure you comment, that you share, that you like, all those things really matter. So do that. Go to uh, a podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, for example, um, Spotify, wherever you're able to leave a rating and a review. It won't take you long. Could you click that, you know, give me that five-star rating, uh, write a review, would be absolutely appreciated. Absolutely wonderful. Would you also go to the BMG Network? That is the bmgnetwork.com where you will find other podcasters who are engaging, enlightening, informative, and yes, entertaining. The bmgnetwork.com and check those out. And once again, do not forget, we, the people of Cape County, five o'clock on Tuesdays at Delmonico's and on November 14th at five o'clock, Tom Martz will be there talking about legislation and the constitution. And then there will be a break because it will be Thanksgiving time. So there will be a break after Tom Martz is there on the 14th. And then they'll come back again to Delmonico's at five o'clock in Jackson on November 28th. 
and Bill Eigel will be there talking about the Missouri Legislative Session 2023. All right, so that is We the People. Go to wethepeopleofmissouri.org. Wethepeopleofmissouri.org. So that's it for this episode of The Adrian Ross Show. Glad you're tuned in. I appreciate your support and God bless you abundantly.